The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Tuesday, August the 1st. I'm Tim Spears and today we're asking... Why was July 31st so important for Kylian Mbappe? The contract was actually two years to run until 2024 with a contract extension clause. And the only person with the power to extend that contract was Kylian Mbappe. Why do Arsenal want Brentford goalkeeper David Raya? Even though Matt Turner played fairly well, I think you could still see moments where the gap was still pretty big. And are the USA in danger of exiting the World Cup at the group stage? These are the moments that they expect, that they prepare for, that they relish in terms of having that pressure put on them. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. The deadline for Kylian Mbappe to trigger an option in his Paris Saint-Germain contract has passed, with a 24-year-old choosing not to extend his deal by another year. Mbappe's PSG future is in serious doubt with a world record transfer offer from Saudi Arabian club Al-Hilal on the table and strong interest from Real Madrid who hope to take Mbappe to the Bernabeu on a free transfer next summer. That wouldn't have been an option if Mbappe had enacted a clause to extend his contract to 2025 but the deadline for him to do so passed at midnight last night. Joining us now to try and simplify what is an increasingly complex saga is our PSG man, Peter Rutzler. Peter, can you explain what's happened here with the option on Mbappe's contract and the timing of it? So July 31st is a very important date in the contract and world of Kylian Mbappe. So we have to go back to his contract last year that he signed. It was a two-year contract, although he did raise a shirt with Nasser Al-Khalifi with 2025 written on the back. The contract was actually two years to run until 2024 with a contract extension clause. And the only person with the power to extend that contract was Kylian Mbappe. He hasn't done that. And he let the club know of his intention a month and a half early. He sent them a letter which leaked by L'Equipe and PSG then responded at the beginning of this month with a letter to him of their own, a three page letter where they were asking for clarity and they wanted clarity by July 31st. It's also an important date for another reason. Kylian Mbappe is due a loyalty bonus, which came into effect on August the 1st, uh, which is worth 60 million euros. So he's since returned to training. How are relations with the club? And is there a scenario here where one of the world's best players spends the next 12 months on the bench while he runs out his contract? He's training, but he's training with the bomb squad. In in France, he's in the loft, as they call it. So he's with Jorginho Wijnaldum, Julian Draxler, and a few other youngsters as well. These guys have just been left behind from the Japan and South Korea tour. Now, what, what's interesting is in France, you can't be in a loft after September the 1st. So after the summer transfer window is over. And that's due to the French football charter, which is signed by all of football stakeholders in France. And what it basically states is that you can have sort of a bomb squad until the end of the summer window. And then once the summer window concludes, these players have to be reintegrated. Now, there are some conditions for um, being in a bomb squad. It's about the quality of training, the medical care, all these kind of things. All of these things will, you know, at a club like PSG would would be covered anyway. But where it becomes interesting is if, you know, Mbappe was, was still excluded from the rest of the group and training with the rest of the group after 
the end of the summer window, that's where it becomes a bit more challenging. And, you know, they're even potentially legal courses of action. We've done a, a piece explaining Kylian Mbappe's sort of legal situation. That's all really unlikely to happen. As you're referencing, Tim, he the conversation about whether he could be benched for the season has been mentioned a lot. Now, that that is conceivable if PSG would want to do that, to go down that route. Fundamentally, PSG don't want to lose him for free. So they would want to sell either now or next summer, next summer with a renewal, but obviously after July 31st, you know, that one-year extension is gone. Speaking of star strikers potentially on the move, Tottenham and Bayern Munich met on Monday to discuss a possible deal for Harry Kane. With the latest from that meeting, it's Tottenham writer Charlie Eccleshare. Well, the Harry Kane to Bayern Munich situation rumbles on. I think some people were hoping today might bring something of a resolution with Bayern executives over in London to meet with Daniel Levy to discuss the transfer, but that hasn't happened. They're still somewhere apart in valuation. $25 million is the difference. It doesn't look like it's that close, um, which is not ideal really for everyone because I think Spurs really would benefit from having clarity on this situation one way or the other. And the same is probably true for Kane as well. You know, he's being very professional. Everyone at Spurs, uh, Postacoglu is remaining very focused, but it is hanging over their preseason preparations. And, you know, there are then question marks over, you know, if Kane's going to go, then they need to bring replacements in. But yeah, as it stands, negotiations are going to continue between the two clubs. And yeah, I mean, Bayern Munich, obviously desperate for it to happen, but they'll have a limit as to how high they can go. But likewise, Spurs aren't going to be pressured into a deal. He's still their player for another year. So yeah, on we go in the game to Bayern Munich. I think we're well and truly into saga territory now. Staying in North London, David Ornstein has reported Arsenal are keen to sign Brentford goalkeeper David Rea. The 27-year-old Spanish international was rated as one of the top goalkeepers in the Premier League last season, keeping 12 clean sheets behind a Brentford backline which had the fifth best defensive record in the division. Rea is out of contract next summer and has been linked with a number of clubs, including Bayern Munich, but their preference is for a loan deal. Art de Roche is one of the Athletic's Arsenal reporters and we can hear from him now. Art, why are Arsenal looking to sign one of the Premier League's best goalkeepers when they already have one in Aaron Ramsdale? At the minute, before going straight into the whole Reyes stuff, it is interest at the minute and that doesn't mean a bid has gone in yet. So I wouldn't want to get too far ahead of myself. But when we look at, I guess, just the way Arsenal have behaved in recent transfer windows, it's not too out of the ordinary. I know if you look back to how Aaron Ramsdale actually came to the club, it was to compete for the number one spot with Burnt Leno, which he then got, but then also last summer with Alexander Zinchenko and Kieran Tierney, a similar kind of thing happened there. So especially going into a season where they're playing in the Champions League, they'd probably want the gap between, I guess, a first choice and maybe a and a B rather than a one and a two to be a bit smaller than what it was last year because even though Matt Turner played fairly well I think you could still see moments where the the gap was still pretty big especially when uh, he had the ball at his feet. Arsenal put five past Barcelona recently Art how are they shaping up for the new season have you noticed any tweaks to what we saw from the Gunners last campaign? 
It's been a little bit of a mixed bag. So there have been a few points where you've seen, I guess, work done last season carry into this preseason, like say how they press off the ball. That intensity is something Xavi mentioned after that Barcelona game. But then there are little tweaks, like for example, with uh, Zinchenko still coming back from his little calf injury, they've used a few different players at left back. So Kivior and Nuremberg, and then in America, you saw Tomiyasu and Timber playing left back. So obviously right foot is on that left side. A little bit of a different angle when looking to build out from the back. So that was quite interesting as well. So those are a couple of the little tweaks that have been implemented in preseason, whether they'll go into, I guess, the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield and further into the season. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But that's the main thing for... Mikel Arteta going into the season trying to maybe find a few different ways to to unlock teams uh, because Arsenal did find a way to play last season but they probably want to have a few different ways to really threaten teams this year so they're not as predictable or just predictable full stop. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Finally, the World Cup and today sees the two pre-tournament favourites, England and America, in action but both have a lot of work to do as they've not yet secured their spot in the knockout stages. The USA are in action first and the defending champions need to avoid defeat to Portugal to ensure that they progress to the round of 16. To bring us the mood inside Camp America, from Auckland, it's Meg Linehan. The U.S. women's national team are back in Auckland for their final group stage match, and the mission is pretty much 100% clear ahead of Tuesday's game, and that is to win. They want to make sure that they are fully in control of this group. They don't want to leave anything to chance between the Netherlands and Vietnam. And it's been pretty clear here that the mood is overall still pretty loose, right? Megan Rapino talking on Sunday here in Auckland about these are the moments that they expect that they prepare for, that they relish in terms of having that pressure put on them. Then on match day minus one here in Auckland at Eden Park, Flacco Andonovsky and Naomi Gurma, center back, speaking pretty clearly to, again, this mission of they have to win. And it's one game at a time. They are not looking ahead to a potential round of 16 matchup where they might be playing. Right now, the mission is solely earning that win against Portugal, knowing that it is going to be a tough ask. Vlako Andonovsky had a really great point at today's press conference saying that these rankings, these FIFA rankings, when you get into a World Cup scenario, they don't matter anymore. Every game is its own specific challenge, and right at the moment, heading into this essentially must-win match for the U.S., that's the goal. Must win. As for European champions England, well, the questions are all about whether they can adjust to life without key midfielder, Kira Walsh. Women's football editor Chloe Morgan was at head coach Serena Wiegmann's press conference to find out more. Serena was keeping very tight-lipped about the whole situation uh, and the only information that she gave us was exactly as we'd, we'd already discovered the day previously. Uh, she said it's not an ACL and um, she can't give us any more information other than the fact that Kira definitely won't be a part of the squad for tomorrow's game. Uh, Serena was very much looking forward to, to sharing everyone what, the, what they could still do. Uh, she said we now have a group of 22 players and we are looking at finding solutions and that they'll show everybody what they can do tomorrow. So expecting big things from the squad. Be really interested to see who fits into that role, whether Laura Coombs uh, continues to, to keep her position or whether maybe someone like Jordan Nobbs or Katie Sellen might be stepping into the to the midfield to provide support. So, um, yeah, another change on the cards maybe for, for Serena. 
Just time to let you know what's on TV today and you've possibly just missed the kickoff of USA v Portugal or Vietnam v Netherlands if you're in the UK because that's an 8am start. Probably too late or early for those of you in America though, you'll have to listen to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast to find out what happened in Group E. But you've plenty of time to ready yourself for England against China or Denmark against Haiti, which are both at midday in the UK or 7am Eastern Time. England just need a point to guarantee their progress as group winners. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Abby Patterson and your executive producer was Ben Green. Michael Bailey will be back with you tomorrow, so make sure you subscribe. And if you've got the time, leave us a review and tell your friends, family and colleagues about us too. See you soon. The Athletic.